In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in again with me, The Real Jason Duncan and The Root of All Success podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs who've been very successful. We talk about their struggles, their successes, their failures, talk about their lives, how they started their businesses, how they grew their businesses. But most importantly, we want to talk about how they became successful because I have a theory. I have a theory that says that there are five things that every successful entrepreneur has and there are keys in their life and their business that led them there. So we're going to see in this podcast if my theory is correct. So that's kind of what we're doing today. Now we're coming to you, for those of you watching on YouTube, we're in the Matador Room at the Standard at the Smith House in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you ever come to Nashville, you got to come to the Standard. It's a private club, one of the top five cigar bars in the country, one of the top steakhouses here in the Nashville area. And uh, it's my happy place. I'm uh, honored to be a member here, honored to be able to record in the Matador Room. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see this is a gorgeous, cool room. If you're listening on a podcast player, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll explain everything we point at <laughs> so that you understand it too. I hate when I listen to podcasts that you know they're videoing it and their audio, and I'm listening audio and they talk about stuff in the room and they don't they forget. Uh, anyway, that's one of my pet peeves. So we're here at the Standard. The Standard is really cool because it's eighteen thousand square feet of Southern sophistication and style, the largest still standing antebellum home in the Nashville area. Fantastic place. You should definitely, definitely come here. It's owned and operated by the one and only Joshua Sterling Smith, who's a great guy, a friend of mine. And uh, this podcast episode today is sponsored by Energy Lighting Services, the LED project experts. Energy Lighting Services specializes in retrofitting commercial buildings all across the United States with LED lighting systems. And they do that as a way to increase cash flow because we all could use a little more cash flow. And why would you keep spending more money on your electric bill than you need to when you can put LEDs in and it doesn't cost you any money out of pocket? Provides immediate positive cash flow from day one. So look those guys up at energylightingservices.com. Call them at 855-270-3300. Tell them that you heard about them on the Root of All Success podcast with the real Jason Duncan, and they'll have a good special offer for you. So now let's get on with the show. So let me ask everybody who's listening or watching a question. Do you know anyone who has sold more than $300 million in sales in technology, real estate, fashion, and digital marketing space? Do you know someone who's lost over a million dollars in a single year? Well, it's 2020, you know, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, do you know anyone who travels to an average of five countries a year just primarily to do creative thinking and planning? Do you know anybody who has founded or partnered in over 20 ventures with a heavy emphasis on social entrepreneurialism? Do you know someone who has spent, get this, 1,447 hours with Tony Robbins, one of the world's preeminent life coaches and motivational speakers? 
Well, I didn't know that person either until I met our guest for today, Mr. Mike Zeller. Someone said once about him that he is the most famous entrepreneur you've never heard of. (laughs) But Mike is a great dude. Um, I was introduced to him through a mutual friend and came highly recommended. He's been featured on Business Insider, Forbes, and Fox Radio 16 times. He studied under the masters of industry like Tony Robbins, but also people like Russell Brunson and Jay Abraham and many others. He's even coached and mentored over 100 high-level entrepreneurs from four different countries. And yes, he spent 1,447 hours with Tony Robbins because Tony Robbins had a lunch appointment on the 1,448th hour. (laughs) I did see Tony Robbins one time live here in Nashville. Actually, it was last year. And that man spoke for four hours and 45 minutes without taking a break. He is not human. There is something particularly amazing about him. So welcome, Mike. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad that you're so tell us to start, how in the world you got to spend that much time with somebody like Tony Robbins? Jason, so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on and uh, always an honor and pleasure to connect. Spending that much time with Tony, well, you have to give him a lot of money. <laughs> That's the long and short of it and the commit to going to his, as you mentioned, he's on a mini event here in Nashville. It's like four hours and 45 minutes without taking a break in his uh, platinum partner, his date with destiny. He'll go 16, 18, 20 hours in a row without a break, hardly. Like, he just, boom, just crush it. And his Fitbit or whatever, he says, it's like the equivalent of running a marathon in a day. And he's green juiced up. He's loaded up. He's just in his adrenaline flow. And you get that way, too. And uh, so I was in his Platinum Partner program for two years, which is his elite kind of high-level mastermind. And man, I tell you what, at the end of those two years, I was exhausted. I, I still have some lingering effects probably that, uh, but it also radically changed my life and also energized me in other ways. But his events are full of juice. That's for sure. So what is it that you do right now as a business? We're going to talk about your whole journey, but like today, what is it that you're doing? So today I really mentor two different channels of entrepreneurs. So I've got High-level seven- and eight-figure e-commerce entrepreneurs. That's one of my core audiences. And I have a partner in that arena, Colin Waynes. He's built a nine-figure e-commerce brand called Redline Steel. And so we're partnering together. I love the mentoring. I love the mastermind retreat experience. I think they're the single best vehicle for rapid transformation that you'll ever see. Like those, I've been through over 100 retreats. Well, actually, probably closer, 50, 60, not a... By the end of next year, probably closer to, I'll get a little bit closer to 100. But then the other arena is the expert. Think the coach, the author, the podcaster, the consultant, the speaker that is building their brand around their innate knowledge. And so I really, you know, have at any given point, I have about 50 different clients in one of the group programs, or I take about eight to 10 one on one clients at a time. And I love who I get to serve, and it's a ton of fun and creating really roadmaps and blueprints to help people scale, break through money mindset barriers, create irresistible offers for their 4% client, that type deal. So tell us how you got started in this entrepreneurial journey, because I mentioned uh, pre-show that I mentioned your name to somebody else and they were like, yeah, he was in fashion. He did something in fashion. And, and I knew that that was part of the story, but I don't really know the story. So tell me, tell us all that story. Yeah. You know, Early days while I was in college, I almost quit college a couple times because I was like, I want to just go start a restaurant. Like that was my vision. And then I've really truly became self-employed as a real estate agent and real estate investor 
in my mid twenties. And then gradually after three or four years of that, I got pretty bored and I felt like, Hey, if this is all I do is building a little real estate empire and selling real estate, I felt like my soul would die. So (laughs) I was like, I can't just do that. I'm called to something more. So I took a mini sabbatical, went to Buenos Aires, Argentina for almost six weeks, inspired by four hour work week was down there and had a blast and uh, re- made some shifts. Came back, started three new businesses the next year, one in coaching, one in all-natural healthy vending, and helped a partner up with a couple other buddies to start a socially-minded car dealership. So our goal was to create the best car buying experience in the city, the most honest, ethical, straightforward, and best value. Plus, every car we sold helped us give away another car to a single mother in need. And then that grew and we pretty quickly were rated the highest rated car dealership in Nashville. And I love that. We gave away almost $300,000 worth of cars to people in need during my time of ownership. And then kept starting businesses. I'm great at the start. I've learned through my painful season of correction, we'll call it, that uh, I got to make sure I have the right team on board to finish projects as well. I'm a car guy. I love cars. Mm -hmm. I love it. And as a matter of fact, I would be open to the concept of opening an automobile dealership because I love cars so much or a motorcycle dealership, whatever. I ride motorcycles. I love cars. I want to dig into that just a little bit. I know that's not a major part of your story, but I didn't know that until just now. So tell us a little bit about like, I don't know how much you can reveal like what the car dealership, I don't know what you want to say, but like, tell us about that experience because I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. So we, my buddies, Simon and Nate, Nate was brilliant at car buying and had helped run some of his dad's dealerships. Simon also had been a part of like a sales manager, even at like 22 in a car dealership. And he was at Dave Ramsey's at the time when we started, we felt like there was a opportunity for a blue ocean in the sense of car buying at the time was one of the worst experiences people dreaded the most, you know, and if you didn't know how to negotiate, you didn't know how to protect yourself, you would be taken advantage of I'm at many dealerships. Now it's a lot more straightforward than it used to be and less pressure. Just the internet age has, has shifted some of that. So, And then we also wanted to do good. Like We knew that in a city like Nashville, transportation is a massive issue. Like We would have single moms that would be working two or three jobs with two kids. They'd be 25 years old taking their kids on buses and dropping them off at school and all that, they never even got a driver's license. Almost every single car we gave away to someone, the recipient did not have a driver's license when we first told them we were giving them a car because they were like, I'll never be able to afford to have one versus, you know, like you and I, our dad or our parents might have given us a car at age 16. We got a hand up in the world. And so we wanted to, you know, in a way, provide some social justice around that. I loved it because it was something I believed in. We wanted to be the guys that, hey, you walk into a restaurant, you see one of your customers, you didn't have to duck because you're like, hey, we that person got a great deal on a great car that was quality, inspected, all that. And they were part of giving away a car to someone else in need at some point. I was a business architect within it. Like I helped design the culture, helped lead the team, helped set the organizational direction and structure and brand identity. And now that's what I do with a lot of my coaching clients is, is infuse my gift into their business. It was a ton of fun, but at the end, as we headed towards the end, car dealerships, margins are so slim because it's a dinosaur industry, right? And so it's all about executing on the finest consistency. If you buy a car wrong or whatever, 
the margins are so slim. And I realized when I learned about blue ocean, red ocean, a little bit more deeply and learn about the emergence of new technologies. I'm like, hey, you can waste some of the best entrepreneurial years of your life riding the wrong wave. And I was on a wave that was heading to the crash. It was heading towards extinction to some extent. You know, we were heading Uber age, you know, New York City parking centers are like 22, 40% vacant, especially now, right? Like, heck, I used to own three cars. I own one car now, right? I'm like, why do I need two cars for my wife and I like I actually do want to get another car like I love to get a another Tesla or this Porsche Taycan the all-electric one at some point but it's not really a necessity and I wanted to invest when we're talking about like YouTube and podcasts and books and expert knowledge like that's an early wave you ride the, most people they ride the right wave when you make it big and you make a dent in the universe Steve Jobs Bill Gates those guys they're riding the computer age right Rockefeller and Carnegie, they're writing the industrial age, right? Henry Ford, that age, right? The new age is like human longevity. It's anti-aging. It's robotics. It's cryptocurrency. It's digital transformation. It's expert knowledge. Like personal brand is still very early in the industry. So I had somebody explain to me one time about this concept of a wave. He said, you know, you can ride the wave. You know, you swim out, you ride the wave. But the trick is you've got to turn around and swim back for the next one before it crashes to the shore. <laughs> and uh, it pains me, but I know you're telling the truth. It pains me to know that the idea of the car dealership and cars in general is changing to the point of that might not be something that my great grandkids ever. I think my kids, I got, I got a 20 and an 18 year old. And I think their kids are still going to be car culture. They'll still be part of that. But man, I don't know that third generation from now is going to deal with that. No, I mean, we're one of the last few generations that will actually regularly drive. And you think, I mean, I had a Tesla for a couple of years and I love the auto drive mode. And I'm a driver and I had ludicrous mode and I hit it hard when I need to or when I want to. But I also really loved not having less stress, not having to focus as much when you're driving. And you think with technology, I mean, they already have driverless flying drones uber has driverless flying drones in like dubai that they plan on bringing to like dallas and los angeles by 2024 like these things are coming down the pipe so on a practical side if my time is worth a thousand bucks an hour why would i spend it driving why would i spend it doing a 20 dollars an hour activity except for pleasure right like maybe i have a porsche i go out on a weekend with or whatever right but it's not going to be for my daily commute yeah, well, we just connected on another level. You don't even know it. Is that I have my whole life wanted a Porsche. I grew up, my dad raced when I was a really little kid. And before I was born, he kind of, on the weekends would drag race. He had a Volkswagen Beetle. And then, of course, for those that know, Volkswagen and Porsche came from the same person, Ferdinand Porsche. So all my life, I've been surrounded by Volkswagens. And I've restored several and showed them and sold them. I haven't had one in a very long time. But it always fed into, I want a Porsche one day. And so I've never in my life ever until this year made a material goal about something I want to buy. You know, I've got activity goals, but I... So when are you going to buy it? And so in 2021, my goal is to own a Porsche 911. And I actually, to that extent, I actually have already gone to the Porsche dealer locally and placed the order. It's you put the they, deposit down? No, the way they do it doesn't require the deposit because the one that I want is only allocated so many times to so many dealers. Which one do you want? It's the Targa. 
Yeah, the target. So it may be 14 or 18 months before I get an allocation. So you build it, you get it ordered, so to speak. And then when they get an allocation, they go to the top guy in line, whoever's the top one said, all right, yours is ready. You need to put down a deposit and we'll have it ready for you. So you and I just connected because, but I'm a driver. I like that. So I'm sorry to get us off on the car thing, but I didn't really know that about you. And I'm a huge car guy. So now, but that's not what you do today. Today, your primary day to day, you're spending 40, 50, 60 hours of the loving time of your week that you love to do things working with entrepreneurs. Is that right? Yeah, and then creating some of it's like like this morning I edited my first book called Find Your Genius. So I finished that up, sent it to the editor, said, hey, I'm done with first round. So I'll spend two or three hours a day typically working on my own stuff, my own content, my own branded processes. Like I have the five S's, systems, structure, strategies, support, and sales, or the six core roles of business owners. So I, I love in terms of my creative output you know i might coach mm, roughly 50 percent of a day like four or five hours but then i'm doing other stuff i'm on podcast interviews i'm creating stuff i'm writing creating partnerships working on a sustainable wine brand is another project side hustle you know so yeah i'm always working on something new so (laughs) well and that for people like you and me that's what kind of trips our trigger gets our juices flowing gives us energy And that goes to your zone of genius that I love on your website. What you talked to me, one of the first times we talked was this concept of the zone of genius. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, what I've found, even in my own quest, right? Socrates said, to know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. King David said, hey, it's better to have self-control than to conquer a city. D. Hawk, the founder of Visa, found in research with Harvard that the very best leaders of any organization focused more than 50% of their time leading themselves. So where do you start with leading yourself? Knowing yourself. Like, hey, where am I a freaking badass at? Where do I actually suck ass at? Like, we all have those areas, and we're, sometimes we're not honest. Like, I got myself in a cesspool of crap at one season because I was playing in my suck-ass arena too much. So I've found that there's four quadrants you got to know your unique abilities like hey your unique gifts where are you naturally like man this comes easy to me and it's not easy to you know john over here and then where do you have this hotbed of key relationships where you just naturally have attracted people in this one arena like i noticed i had a ton of relationships in the author speaker space and then a ton of relationships in the e-commerce space right so that's like uh, some clues and then the third area, your key life experiences, like where have you been through a journey or two that have also, there's a bunch of clues over here. Then your fourth area is your values and passions, which is almost like your filter. Like I'm for this and I'm against this and this lights me up and this brings me death. Um, and so when you compile all that, you've got the greatest accumulation of clues about who you are and who you're meant to be that you can ever possibly have i've never seen a process more comprehensive and giving you clues doesn't mean you're going to figure it all out right away but then you're like ah i got all the clues on the table finally not just like the problem with a lot of personality tests or a lot of assessments they just give you one little set of clues and then they don't combine it with the rest Mm, that's good so now when you're working with entrepreneurs to help them find their zone of genius really this podcast is all about the root of success like how does success grow and how do we achieve that So I ask this question to every guest because I'm interested in their answers because you never know where they're going to go. But 
success as a concept, we're going to talk about your definition of that in a minute. But my first question is, do you consider yourself successful? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Yeah, I think I would consider myself successful in the sense of I'm living my purpose, making the impact I'm called to make. I've defied the odds and the obstacles in certain ways as well, right? Like when we go through setbacks and trials, those help remake you. So I would say, yeah, my definitions of success is you're doing what you're meant to do. You're giving it your best and you're making progress, I guess. I think that's the simplest way. Well, you know, success is a huge interest of mine and studying it from a theoretical standpoint and practical, which is why I'm hosting this podcast because I want to talk to these entrepreneurs who have achieved success like you in a major way and help listeners to connect with that and say, okay, yeah, I started in this place and I too can get where he or she is because I see the path that they took to get there. So in success, what I found was just like what you said is that the dictionary definition, true understanding of success is about achieving your desired results. Like what goal did you have? If you achieve the goal, that's success. If you haven't yet achieved it, you're on your way. And if you can't achieve it, then give up, like move to something new. Like don't continue to double down on the thing that you're never going to succeed in. So success, unfortunately, is related a lot of times to people. They think about it in terms of finances, wealth, material possessions, et cetera. So to that end, because I know that people are curious, are there certain financial metrics that you could say, because I know I got your website open right now on my laptop and it, you know, over 300 million in sales, there's at least one point on there has a financial kind of a bookmark. Like I know what I'm talking about. I can coach you. So give our listeners and viewers a little sense of the level of financial and wealth and success that you've achieved so that they know, okay, this guy really is legit. Good question. Well, I mean, I've done, my businesses have done like over multi hundred million dollars. I don't know the exact number anymore, but say over 300 million is where I've been at. And that includes, I'm blessed in the sense the number is bigger because I sold a lot of high ticket items. <laughs> so that helps. But like I went through a season in 2018 where I lost, you know, half a million dollars in my like net, like just hit hard right when I was getting married all these things like, and then I had some assets that were illiquid, right? So I have three private companies that I own 50,000 ish shares in each, one of them a little bit less, but they're all worth $20 million to $60 million, those companies that I have, I couldn't liquidate those. So I'm hit hard with a cash crunch. And that was a brutal season because I'm getting married at that time period too. And like, but that helped me shift and it helped me let go of some things that I would have held on to because like my real estate business at the time before that disintegrated right before we got married like that I was making nice multi six-figure a year income working five hours a week then I had other businesses that were generating other streams of revenue you know so I've done well but I feel like my next six seven years are the time that I the harvesting I've been planting a lot of seeds and learning a lot and like Wealth, wealth for me is also the quality of your life. Even in that season, 2018, 2019 was brutal too. This year has been my best year yet. I went to Europe each year for five weeks or more. 2020, we went to Europe for eight weeks in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic. So our life quality, even in the midst of stress or even in the midst of dealing with problems, I'm going to ensure that we have a good life quality in the sense of adventure and recognizing and experiencing the beauty of 
the world. And like God has created this world for us to enjoy and savor. So let's do it in the midst. Because whether you have a year that you make $20 million or a year that you make a million or the year that you lose a million, hey, that's temporary. It's all temporary. It passes. The next year's another thing. I love it, man. I, listen, this is we're connecting on so many different levels. I love that you defy the fear and still traveled in the midst of COVID. I love it. It's like I, you know, my wife and I, we didn't stop, like keep going because you get what you focus on in life and you're focused on being afraid. You're focused on negativity. You're focused on those bad things. You get that. You cannot be successful when you're focused on fear. It is impossible. So let's dig in. Let's dig into success specifically with Mike Zeller, like how you achieved success. So my theory is, is that there are five specific keys and I organize them into five P's. And the first P is passion. So I believe, and I want you to tell me what you think, because you certainly are free to disagree with this or give me your perspective. But I believe that passion is the first and most important key to any success for an entrepreneur, because passion doesn't just mean being excited and you're connected and you love it. But it's about I am willing to endure and struggle because the word passion, if you look at the etymology of the word, you know, we refer to the passion of Christ. And it wasn't that he was excited to go to the cross, but he was willing. And that's why we refer to it as passion. So you mentioned in your story earlier that you were when you were doing real estate, it's like it was great. You had made a lot of money. You didn't have to work often, but it didn't sound to me like passion was a part of that. But today I see a different spark in your eye and hear it in your voice when you're talking about coaching and mentoring and writing books and creating content. So tell me what you believe about passion as it leads to success. Yeah, it's certainly a fundamental prerequisite. And you can read books like Just Start by Leonard Schlesinger, who was a Harvard Business School professor, and now he's the president of Babson College, number one university in the world for entrepreneurship. And one of the things he puts in there is you have to have enough passion to persevere through the toughest moments, the resilience, the grit, because you will be hit hard. You're going to be Mike Tyson said, hey, everyone, what did he say um, about getting punched in the face? And so they get punched in the face. Yeah, you're going to get punched in your face, especially in the early seasons of any venture. Man, there's going to be multiple times where you're going to get knocked down. And the, the identity of the venture, it's going to be on this teetering point. You can let go of it and it's going to die. Or you can persevere and you can pick it back up and you can go forward. No matter the best ventures, like Jeff Bezos was... Amazon was almost bankrupt in 2002, and he was almost done, right? And there was multiple times. Elon Musk launched in SpaceX. SpaceX, they had four failed rocket launches, and they literally had to scramble to put together the very last rocket launch. And his investors said, Elon, we are absolutely done. This doesn't work. We're out. Like, they had gone way over budget by hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So it's got to be there. you got to have enough. And the passion is the inspiration, it's the why, it's the heart, the soul behind it. So if you don't have it, it's, you know, your heart's not in it. I tell people that I coach and consult with, and when I speak, I use this analogy a lot, that for the life of an entrepreneur, there's this invisible horizontal line that only he or she can see in their life, below which, if you go the below that line, you're out of business. But you are the only one who knows how close you are to that line yeah. at any given time. And so for an entrepreneur, passion is the ability to be right on that line a lot and still endure and still push forward. So I see your passion and what you do because it provides a quality of life for you and your wife. And do you have kids? Not yet. One on the way. Oh, see, I see that passion that you've got to endure 
to teach and train and mentor and do a symposiums and to do retreats is going to lead you to success. So the second P I believe is about place. It's about your place, being in the right place at the right time. First of all, do you agree with that as a concept of leading as a key towards success? And if so, talk about how your right place at the right time contributed to your success. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's part of my zone of genius process of finding, Hey, people that do exceptionally well in life, yeah, they're exceptionally gifted, but they're in exceptionally the right place over and over and over again, right? Like Bezos, if he stayed working for the guys he was working for on Wall Street, wouldn't have done what he's done. Elon Musk, same thing. You put, If Elon Musk was stuck, you know, Nigeria or South Africa or whatever, another part of the world, he wouldn't have had the same opportunities. He moved to the U.S. when he was like 19 or 20. And slept on sofas and things like that. Like he gritted it out and uh, put himself in proximity. So proximity is important, which is referencing the right place. Being in the position that aligns with your skill set and your passion, like deep alignment. I've found people that do exceptionally well, they're in deep alignment. And their team is in alignment. Like you look at great basketball teams, great football teams, the Patriots of the 2007 Patriots perfect season man they were humming on all cylinders brady had his best year yet randy moss the defense belichick they are deeply aligned on all fronts and able to like mantra the new england patriots do your job not someone else's job do your job that's right so well so the right place at the right time for you was where like where were you that said okay you could look back now and go had i not been there i wouldn't be successful yeah i'd say the right place I feel like I'm one of the world's best at getting a business or a concept off the ground and developing out a brand identity, but I need the support team. I need like an ideal finisher, a COO, someone that brings things to completion because by the time something's 80% done, I'm bored. I want to move on and start something else. Like the excitement is in the creation process and tapping into that creative ideation and energetic creativity so right now I get to do that with my, like there's a never ending stream of concepts of challenges that the entrepreneurs that I mentor face, um, whether it's cash flow, teams, all these other things, supply chain, branding, positioning offers. I get to work through a lot of that with my clients. And right now I believe it's the mentoring side. Like I've got, I love, you know, I've read close to 2000 books. I've been to a hundred different events and conferences for entrepreneurship, leadership, marketing, and that's what jazzes me up. It's a ton of fun and connecting with guys like you, this is what makes me lit up. Well, I think it's funny that I know so many business people and even entrepreneurs who are, are experiencing some levels of success, but many more who are not, and they spend 40, 50 hours a week sitting in their office. And then they go home and then they spend time with their family, which certainly there's nothing wrong with spending time with your family. But you also have to make sure you're putting yourself in those places, right? Getting out there, going to that Tony Robbins thing that you went to and spending two years doing that, that was putting yourself in proximity in a place with other people that you could get to that next level you wouldn't have been able to get to on your own, right? Exactly. I mean, I was in three different masterminds at that point. Wow. <laughs> and so I had Tony's, I had Peter Diamandis' A360, Dan Sullivan's strategic coach. And then at the same time, I was creating my own. And what I've found one of the questions I ask a lot of my entrepreneur clients when leading masterminds is what does the environment have to look like for success to be inevitable? In other words, where gravity pulls me up instead of gravity pulling me down. 
So one of the things, if I'm, you know, the track you're in, expert-driven, you want to build this repertoire of tools in your toolbox and this new platform. So what's the environment got to look like? What are the tools? What's the blueprint? And then if I surround myself consistently, perpetually with people that are playing that game at at least as good of a level or if not better level than me, I'm going to be pulled up just by default, by being in proximity. Like human beings are such social creatures that we cannot not be affected by the people around. Well, that actually is perfect segue to the third P. So you got passion, you got place. The third P is people. So I believe, and I think that my theory has been proven true so far, is that every successful entrepreneur, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, all the people that you've mentioned so far, and the people like you that's the most famous entrepreneur nobody's heard of, right? Like us, like nobody's heard of us, but we're experiencing success, certainly with different zeros at the end, but we're still experiencing the results that we aimed for. But there is always in every one of those stories a person or two or three that had that person not been introduced, then they would never have achieved the level of success. So do you have a person or persons in your life like that? Uh, definitely a person. So it's, it's certainly very plural. You know, over the years, so I've got relationships with some of the biggest YouTubers, some of the biggest podcasters, authors, other e-commerce entrepreneurs, other bricks and mortar. I have a friend that he sold his chicken business for like $150 million <laughs> like a couple months ago. So, you know, I have, I have another buddy just sold his dentist office for $13 million. So I have those people that are in my sphere that that's pretty much who I interact with, even on virtually in Zoom and all that. If I keep putting myself, immersing myself in an environment, I'm going to continue to accumulate clues. And you start figuring out, hey, I have all these dominoes on the table, but I didn't have them in the right order. They weren't close enough together. Now, ah, I try this. Now I got them a lot closer together and they almost goes all the way around the table and has that breakthrough. But then I go again and now I got it. Boom, boom, boom. Everything works. So it's a continual nurturing develop like one of the six core roles that I talk about and the six core roles of a great business owner versus a great business operator. Great business operators get tired. Great business owners get rich. The fourth role is building and developing exponential relationships. It's something we cannot delegate. So if I'm intentional, I can have one strategic relationship. Like one of my business partners, he built a new relationship with another vendor the ink is almost dry, but it will add another 20 or $30 million in revenue to his business. That one relationship. One relationship. What I think that listeners need to hear from you and what's going on right now is that one relationship can change the trajectory of your life. And if you're spending all your life in your office or at home and you're not going out and rubbing shoulders, going to the club, going downtown, like 2020 has been tough to get out and do things. But that doesn't mean you can't get out there and do something. Like you got to put yourself in those places to meet those people. So the fourth P is preparedness. So the way I kind of position this, Mike, is that, you know, there's passion, there's place, there's people. And then there's the fourth piece, preparedness, in that you got to have the know-how. So here's what I would, I'm looking at your story, listen to your story. You're coaching high-level entrepreneurs. You're mentoring high-level entrepreneurs. They would not pay you the kind of fees that they pay you to get mentored by you if you didn't know what the hell you're doing, right? Like you know what you're doing. How do you know what you're doing? Like what was your preparedness? How did you get prepared to be able to do what you're doing today? Mistakes. 
<laughs> so you, you know, they say that you don't pay a coach for what they know, but for the mistakes they've made. And I've made a lot of mistakes. I, I remember when I went through a massive growth season, you know, in two years, I started like six different businesses. And one of them was the fashion, actually ended up starting two fashion businesses accidentally that year, basically, which I knew nothing about fashion, essentially, other than I liked, you know, nice clothes. So preparedness I'm more prepared because I've had more failure. I've tried more things. I remember in that season of rapid growth, I was like, you know what? Let's be honest. Pardon the French, but the shit is going to hit the fan at some point. I'm going to fall on my ass. And I've used the frank language because it's painful. Whether you're Bible-believing or not or whatever, faith-filled, the scriptures are like hardcore and brutal at times. And I knew I was going to land on my face at some point. But I knew... I also would get back up. And that lesson would be muscle memory that someone else wouldn't have because they were too afraid to make that leap, too afraid to try, too afraid. You know, the Teddy Roosevelt, they sat on the sidelines and didn't try. Michael Jordan said, hey, I miss every shot I don't take. So I'm like, I'm going to freaking find my edge, find my limit, and then I'll regroup. And, you know, this next decade is going to be my biggest growth season, but impact, financially, fun, all those things. It's going to be a ton of fun. Well, you know that this idea of preparedness and getting the know-how, so many people fail, just like you failed, just like I failed, but they don't pay attention to it. And I think that's the difference between you and a lot of people, that you're successful, not just because you failed, but because you paid attention to it. And you're like, okay, I did this. I'm not going to do that again. And so many entrepreneurs keep doubling down on the stupid stuff. No. So there's so many things you can do to minimize. Like I read a book a week, generally at least, and I have since I was like 20 years old. I'm 41 now, so I'm getting up there. got a few gray hairs. But then I'm constantly putting myself around other people, paying attention. My engagement is up, the old 10,000-hour rule. And actually, I think with the right environment, you can shorten it to 1,000 hours if you have the right level of engagement and intentionality so those things are also true like that's where masterminds and coaches and mentors like you've got a great coach it sounds like hey what might take you 10 hours of some of it just dumb mistakes he or she will help you minimize and avoid at least half of the dumb mistakes you'll still make some dumb ones even with the best coach <laughs> but uh, you'll make less. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I know it's kind of self-serving to both of us because we both coach and consult people. But the fact of having that coach will push you to places faster than you could go on your own. The coach that I use right now, well, I've got two actually, but one of them specifically I'm thinking about. I was talking to somebody about him the other day. I said, man, he's a slave driver. It's like every time we meet, he's like, did you get everything done that I told you you got to do last week? All of that stuff I would have done eventually, but it might have taken me a year or 18 months to accomplish what I've accomplished in six weeks. So I love what you just said about the 10,000-hour rule. I think that was Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. Is that where that came from? And he said it's 10,000 hours. But I love that you're subscribing to the school of thought that with the right environment, you can shorten that. It doesn't take 10,000 because I think a lot of people read that and they go, well, hell, I'm never – like I don't have 10,000 hours to invest in it, so I just might as well accept mediocrity. And I don't think you should do that. So the last P Mike is plan and it's not business plan because that's what everybody thinks. I mean, when I say business plan, because there are a lot of successful entrepreneurs. I'm one of them who succeeded to the tune of multimillions without a written business plan. So that's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is the ability or strategy to obtain and deploy financial resources. 
that's the plan I'm talking about because business plan, you can succeed with or without it. And in fact, I don't think it has any bearing specifically on success. That's my personal opinion based on interviews of lots of successful entrepreneurs, but I cannot point to a successful entrepreneur who did not have a strategy to obtain and deploy financial resources. So tell me what you think about that and how that played in your story of success. Yeah, I think plans important and it's valuable. And if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, they say as well. And so having the vision, vision and plan kind of tie in together. And if you go, like one of the exercises that I take people through is a claim your power NLP process. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is how our language patterns are programming our feelings, programming the way we interpret, the meaning we attach to things. And one of the things I love to do is take people towards, like, go and experience. Let's say you want to make $100,000 or you want to make a million dollars or you want to get this book out or you want to get your Porsche, you know, whatever it is. You go and you visualize yourself actually having it, experience it, drive it, taste it, smell it, touch it, hear the sounds, see the sights, just visually, kinesthetically get connected to it. Driving down the highway, maybe you're in 120 miles an hour or whatever. <laughs> don't, it, tell, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one time with my dad, I got up to 134 miles an hour on Christmas Day. Since Anyway, that was in my an Audi that I had at the time. But uh, we normally would not do that. But it was Christmas and the highway was clear. So you're experiencing what you want to experience. And then you reverse engineer all the way back to the present day. It's called a timeline exercise in NLP. So you get it connected, experience it all the way back to the present day. And guess what? It's like your goal, your desired achievement, your plan. It's like, hey, I didn't have a plan before. I want to get there, but I don't know how. Our mind, let's call it, junks itself up. All right. When we are so focused on the goal, but we don't have a how, then our mind starts, it throws a monkey into it. But then if you go do that, it's like, I just blazed a path through the forest. You have a neuro pathway to get to your goal and your achievement. And all you have to do is subconsciously trust the process and follow the path. One of my best friends, who's my best man at my wedding, he was here at Vanderbilt. He was stuck on his dissertation for his PhD for in entrepreneurship, if he didn't finish it in a month and he was completely paralyzed and his advisors were paralyzed and he had a new baby and was just got married recently as well and everything, he would lose his high paying professorship job at top university in the world. If he didn't get this dissertation done, we do this exercise on a Saturday afternoon. He was the first guy I had just gotten back from my NLP training. He was the first guy I took through it. And I'm like, Matt, I think I can help you. Take him through it. By Tuesday, he had more clarity, more confidence, and more momentum than he'd had in the previous three years. And he got it done over the next month and graduated on time. And I see that, like, you got to build. It can be written. It can be mind mapped. It can be visualized and meditate. There's so many different strategies, but you got to, your mind has to have confidence and see enough of the pathway. Doesn't mean you have all the answers. You don't know where it's going to come from, like the money, right? Like, I'm launching a wine company. I don't necessarily know how much money I need where it's all going to come from I have ideas but I'm taking the next step you just got to take the right next step and not let your mind get monkeyed with the how that's good that's good well as we kind of finish our conversation as we land the plane so to speak talk to the listeners and viewers about as a coach and an entrepreneur and a coach who coaches entrepreneurs 
What would be the one or two pieces of critical advice you would give if they say, look, I want to get to success as quickly as possible? What one or two pieces would you say? Feed what you want to live and starve what you want to die. So over and over and over again. So like if your eating habits do not support your success, cut those out. Cut out the fried chicken. I want Hattie B's fried chicken sometimes. I do not get it. I am cutting out French fries. I've cut out French fries. So cut out the excuses. Cut out the patterns and put yourself in proximity. Feed what you want to live. Starve what you want to die. I'd say then the second piece, be hyper-intentional about your tribe. Like, again, that question, what has to happen for success for me to be inevitable? Be an environmental designer. Most of us, we have created our environment, but we've been haphazard and unintentional about it. So the consuming of information, the news, the whatever we're reading on ESPN, et cetera, our focus. Elon Musk has the same 24 hours I do. And what he produces and what he consumes is going to be different. All right. So be an environmental designer, reverse and design the environment that will make what I want to achieve inevitable and what I want to experience. Same thing for financial or business success as it is for spiritual or health or romantic success with your spouse or significant other or your family, right? You got to design the environment. That's really, really good. What would you like to offer the listeners? So you have a business, you're mentoring and coaching. Do you have a special offer you want to tell everybody about? Yeah. If you guys, for the mindset, like I have a 22 keys to mindset mastery, like in that season where I lost a million dollars, I read a money mindset book or some sort of mindset book every single week. Some of the books I read five times. Like I had to reorient my mind and develop new mental muscle. And the way to think about mindset is like, especially if you've been through a couple of things or you're facing some tough times, the obstacle is the way. Meaning, all right, Boeing 737, do you know how much it weighs? 485 tons. So how do you get that big bird into the sky? It's got to face enough resistance. The wind is actually the resistance, meaning the wind has to lift it up. It forces it up because it has to get enough power in the resistance. So that's what causes it soar. So you know, my season of remaking myself, that caused me to soar, right? So whatever you're going through, or if you want to master something, you got to go deep. So the mindset mastery is great. I've also got the zone of genius course.com, which is about finding your unique pathway for wealth, fulfillment and impact. And I think it's a really amazing process that is the most comprehensive process I've ever seen for knowing who you are and what you're meant to be. So I will encourage everybody that's watching and listening, please go to Mike Zeller. That's Z E L L E R dot com and on there you can find the offer for the 22 keys to mindset mastery and take that or the zone of genius now i will say i've not done either one of these yet i have signed up for this but i think that the zone of genius is probably the thing i'm most interested in what you're doing because it was when i took a similar concept a couple of years ago that it completely changed my life like when i figured out what my super i, I refer to it as my superpower by going through the same processes that you probably do with Zone of Genius. So I would encourage all the listeners to go out there and take advantage of what Mike is offering. So how can people get in touch with you, Mike? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Michael R. Zeller. That's no A in Zeller. It's all E's. And then uh, LinkedIn, Michael Zeller. Facebook, Michael Zeller as well. And then MikeZeller.com. Would love to hear from you guys. 
would love to know what resonated or what didn't, you know, as we connect, would love to know what makes sense for you guys. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being here today. It's an honor to know you. I'm really glad that our mutual friend introduced the two of us. I'm honored that you came here and participated in this podcast. Appreciate you sharing honestly and transparently with our listeners what your ideas of success is. So there you have it, folks. My theory about the five P's of success still stands for another successful entrepreneur because you can see in Mike's story, there was passion and there was this place that he was in and people and the preparedness and the plan all came together to help lead him to success. And you too can get there. And if you're interested on my website at therealjasonduncan.com slash success, you can download a free success assessment. And this assessment's free. You can take it and it'll give you a probability of success based on your current state of business, like what you're trying to accomplish. So once you fill out the assessment, you get a personalized PDF in return. It'll kind of show you here's what your probability is. And then just keep in mind, if you're just starting something, you're not going to succeed based on the stuff you have today. What you will succeed on is the stuff that you grow over time. So whether you have the passion and the people and the place and all the things we talked about so far is not completely relevant to your ultimate success. But if you don't pay attention to those things, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, it's probably going to lead to failure faster than it's going to lead to success. And I want to help you get to success faster. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash success. Download your assessment today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Wherever you listen to it, please make sure you subscribe and leave a good review. If you haven't seen this on YouTube, please go subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Real Jason Duncan on YouTube. And if you are watching it on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you hit the like button and the subscribe, hit the bell icon so that you know when I drop new content. If you sign up on my website, I will send you a little note each time I drop new content. I publish at least two videos per week on YouTube, not including this podcast. So thank you for being here. I appreciate again, Mike. Thank you for being here. It's been an honor and a pleasure. So cool to be in this room and I'm so glad that you're here. So thank you again. And remember until next time when I talk to the next entrepreneur who is leading the charge to get to success, talk about his or her root of success. Remember this, Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.